TuneIn, iTunes. Uh, Dan Perkins or Don Mazzella on with us via Skype today because we are having... Apparently, there's some Skype issues out there in the world around us. So, uh, technology works. When it works, it's good. When it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, we have got with us today a very special guest here on our broadcast, Pamela Geller. She's the author of the provocative brand-new book, Fatwa, Hunted in America. And uh, the foreword is, uh, it, I, I don't know how the heck she got uh, got got this person to write this forward, but we'll get into that here in a few moments as well. And uh, joining us also today is our co-host, IQ Al-Rizzoli, and uh, IQ, um, is j- it, he's got something in common with Pamela. He's had a fatwa on him as well. And uh, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to get you guys together today, and I wanted to get this uh, discussion started, so I want to start with uh, uh, Pamela, tell us a little bit about the book, and then me and IQ will ask you some questions for the hour here. Well, you know, followers of my work, and this, it's been extensive, the defeat of the Ground Zero Mosque, these multiple lawsuits for free speech in every major city, New York, uh, Washington, Boston, Miami, Chicago, Denver, Seattle, um, and, of course, San Francisco, uh, where they, I, I won to run my ads that were a counter to vicious either anti-Israel or pro-Jihad ads. And then these political bans, uh, we call them the Geller bans, against, against any issue-related or political ads in these major cities. And um, people know my work for that. What they don't know is the personal side, and I thought it was time to tell my story how a New York City career girl who loved her fashion, her music, her art, her books, her job, became America's most notorious racist, Islamophobic, anti-Muslim bigot, strictly because I stood in defense of freedom. And I don't think Americans understand. Yes, I technically have a couple of fatwas. The most notable and the most notorious fatwa issued by the Islamic State, issued by ISIS. And for those listeners who are unaware, a fatwa is an Islamic ruling um, issued by a recognized authority. In, it's a death sentence in my case. It's a death fatwa because I dared to um, violate Islamic law. I dared to violate the restrictions on speech because I showed a cartoon of Muhammad uh, because I'm not a Muslim and I don't adhere to Muslim law. And if you can't show a cartoon in America, then let me tell you something. We're finished as a country. <laughs> yes. So this... This is why I wrote the book. I think Americans will be shocked by this tell-all, what it's like to live under fatwa, to have 24-hour security, because I stand in defense of the freedom of speech and the multiple um, assassination attempts, whether it was the Garland, Texas art exhibit and art competition, where jihadis opened fire on our event, or right now. In Boston, there is a trial ongoing. Uh, the ringleader of a, a Muslim group who had plotted to behead me is on trial uh, for this for this for this assassination plot. So it's very real. It's not something like, well, a lot of people, you know, you have. Uh, no, this is very real. <laughs> yes. I'm targeted on a regular basis, and I won't stop fighting in defense of freedom, because, look, America is not the only good thing in the world, but it's the best thing in the world. And I grew up as a free, as a, as a free American. I mean, I was one of four girls. My sisters are doctors. We never, this nonsense with the pussy hats and women's rights, I don't know what they're talking about. I grew up completely free. There was nothing we couldn't do. There was nothing any, uh, any woman couldn't do. But this is what the left does. They make victims so that they can impose their oppression and subjugation. And this is why they partner with 
um, Islamic supremacists because there's no better system of governance, no better system of control of people than the Sharia, which controls every basic aspect of daily human life. And so it's a perfect marriage because it's both totalitarian, autocratic, and it hates the individual. And that's what I fight for. I fight for the individual, individual rights and personal freedom. We've got Pamela Geller with us today, uh, joining us live today here on Talk America Live, as well as our uh, good friends over at iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM, FM stations across the country and around the world. Pamela Geller is the author of the new smash hit, Fatwa, Hunted in America. Geller is the founder and editor and publisher of The Geller Report and president of the American Freedom Defense Initiative and Stop Islamization of America, the SIOA. And with us today is our uh, co-host, IQ Al-Rizzoli and uh, IQ. I know you've got some questions for Pamela. Jump in there, my friend. Can there you hear us? There we are. I should ask us because she knows as much about Islam as the imams. Yes. There are about 330 <laughs> million Americans. But there are only a handful of females in the USA, such as Ariane Hershey Ali, Noni Darwish, Wafa Sultan, and Bijit Gabriel, who know more about Islam and Muslims than the absolute majority of Americans, including the leaders in Homeland Security, the FBI and the military. And you, Pamela, is at the forefront of all of them. I say this as always based on knowledge and study of your work and effort. Yours is a triumph of the will. God bless you. Well, I'm familiar with your work, and I deeply respect you and, and your courage. And as you know, Ayan Hersi Ali wrote, wrote uh, an endorsement for my book. Noni Darwish has an organization, Former Muslims United, under the umbrella of my organization, American Freedom Defense Initiative. These are enormously cre- courageous women. And to your point about the FBI, uh, what, I ne- uh, what I didn't go into was the fact that the FBI was – in on the planning of the Garland Jihad attack, we know this because Eric Jamal Hendricks, who was a ringleader, and by the way, he was a ringleader but not arrested for 15 months when he was arrested in North Carolina for recruiting for ISIS in 2016. It came out in the transcripts, these texts between the jihadis in Garland and the, an FBI informant. And the FBI was at my event. They were texting the jihadis, Ibrahim Simpson and Nadia Sufi, about how many people were there, how much law enforcement there, was the FBI there. They were in a car following the jihadis, and when the jihadists got out of the car to begin firing, the FBI took cell phone footage and then got in the car and drove away. They were pulled over by Garland police. The Garland police thought that the FBI was in on the attack, but they did not warn us, they did not tell us, and worst of all, they did not have anyone there to protect us. It was my security team who killed those jihadis. It was SWAT that I had hired. And if my guys weren't there, people would have been killed in cold blood. Is that what the Obama administration wanted to happen? Is that what the FBI wanted to happen? Even in this beheading plot, it came out last week in the trial of David Wright, that they were in on the plot of that too, and they did not warn me. And so when we look at Las Vegas, and we don't know what happened in Las Vegas, the fact that the FBI has dismissed the ISIS claims out of hand is deeply disturbing. ISIS has not taken credit for any attack that wasn't theirs. The, the, the Russian jetliner in the Sinai 
They took credit for the authorities dismissed their claims out of hand. Weeks later, they furnished proof, photographic proof of the bomb, and Western authorities and Middle Eastern authorities had a backpedal with their tail between their legs. Back in June, ISIS took credit for the attack on Resort World Casino, Casino in the Philippines, and the authorities there said it was not ISIS, and it turned out that they were not only sanctioned by ISIS, but may have very well been directed. The idea that in Las Vegas, you have ISIS doubling and tripling down, saying he converted six months ago. Again, I don't know if it's true, but to dismiss it out of hand, and the fact that his foreign financial transactions were flagged for covert terrorism financing, that he made multiple trips to the Middle East, that his girlfriend had relatives in Dubai, these are red flags, not to be dismissed, but to be investigated, but to dismiss it like that out of hand, and instead glom on to a ridiculous theory of that he was taking Valium. He had a prescription of 50 pills that he took, I think, 20 over the course of 15 or 18 months is so absurd and so nutty, but they would prefer that than to in any way smear or indict Islam, the jihadic doctrine, tells you how deeply compromised our law enforcement agencies are. Every American really needs to get educated. First, read my book or read, read my website or the religionofpeace.com or jihadwatch.org. Get the news the media is not getting you. But first, you must get educated and then you must share it on your social media channels. The American people are painfully, woefully um, disarmed in the information battle space, and that is where the war is right now in the war of ideas. My colleagues and myself cannot speak on college campuses. We are not invited. We are blacklisted. I was supposed to speak for the first time in years at Free Speech Week at Berkeley, Berkeley but that was canceled a couple of weeks ago, and what was scarier still was watching hundreds, if not thousands, of young people, young people in America, march against the freedom of speech. That eerily was evocative of pre-war Germany, where the left and, and Islamic supremacists will not have their ideas challenged. They cannot stand up to scrutiny, so they must silence their opponents. We've got uh, a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on Talk America Live, also iHeartRadio, as well as AMFM, 247.com, Talk Shoe, all over the place, iTunes. Pamela Geller is our guest here, author of the new smash hit Fatwa, Hunted in America. Now, IQ, uh, lis listening to all this, she, she, she just echoes everything you've been saying on this broadcast for, for many a year. Well, I've always said that the worst enemy of America and Europe, of the peoples of America and Europe, are not uh, ISIS, are not Islam, the news media. They have always yes. colluded. They have always covered up for Islam, and they still do that. But there is something happening now. I don't know if you have noticed. Uh, what they call European voters are moving right-wing. They're really not moving right-wing. They have been forced by the leftists, who have ignored for the last 15 years the concerns of the people of Europe and America. So they had no choice but to move right, because the rightists are the only ones who are saying, we don't want Islam in Europe. They're the only ones. But what's happening in Austria, they have now a government led by a young man who is what they call rightist. These are patriots. True, the Nazis will associate themselves with any right-wing group. 
they will even associate themselves with any left-wing group as long as they are making trouble for the government. So this is what's happening. People are waking up, but it's taken an enormous amount of time. I was an enormous amount of death. Ago. Yes, yes, yes. Pamela, I mean, listen, you are a single person who is trying to do something way beyond what most Americans have been doing or Europeans. And, of course, congratulations. I wish I could be joining you on your website or you join me on my website. We are using exactly the same methodology to educate people. We don't make money. There's no money in it. No. There's only fear and concern. But there's no money, honestly. We're not doing it for money. You're not doing it no, for money. No, the money is on the left. The, the money is on the left. Uh, listen, the left, look, if you read Hitler's Mein Kampf, he was a Jew hater, unquestionably, but he was a hard leftist. His party was the National Socialist Workers' Party. The idea that neo-Nazism or Nazism is right-wing is just absolutely absurd on its face. It's socialist. It's left-wing. The left loves totalitarian ideology. They want to control the people. This is why there is this leftist Islamic alliance. I mean, to listen today to M, um, the security chief uh, in Great Britain, Andrew Parker, saying that there's an intense security threat, that in terror attacks are hatched now in a matter of days, and basically telling the British people that you have to live with it. You're going to have to live with it. This is what you want to hear from the chief of the MI5, the country's security service. Uh, their job was to, to keep the people safe and to direct national security policy to keep terror out of the country. Now their mission seems to be to prepare the people for terror and for violence and for murder. I mean, what happened to Winston Churchill? We shall defend them on the island, whatever the cost. We will fight them on the beaches and the landing grounds and all of that. That's gone. The West has surrendered. They've... The West has completely lost their way. Look, I do the website because the media will not report, for example, on what's happening in Europe. That mass migration has led to basically daily, you know, thwarted jihad attacks or regular weekly, uh, whether it's vehicular jihad or it's the knife jihad or the pop concerts, Christmas festivals, um, and New Year's Eve, uh, you know, uh, these fairs, these, these different fairs that take place, these German uh, sort of beer festivals, it's open season. It's open season on every Western moray, on every Western tradition, on every Western joy. Girls can't go to, 17-year-old girls can't even walk to school. They've got to go with their parents. This is not being reported in the media. Of course there's going to be a, 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 um, a, a political cost to this. The people of Europe are under siege. And uh, they have no choice. I don't listen. The man that wrote the forward to my book uh, in America, they say Gert Wilders. It's actually pronounced Hert Wilders, if you really, if you care. But he's a leading uh, candidate in Europe, and certainly a leading candidate in, in in Holland, a Dutch MP, whose party is now second in power. I believe he will be prime minister one day. Um, I brought him to America in 2009 to speak at CPAC. He's been on the forefront of this fight. He, no matter what the political cost, he has never compromised. He's been steadfast, loyal, and true. 
through to this, you know, to, in explaining and bringing to light this threat to freedom and to the people of Europe. And it's been at a great cost to him. He, too, lives under fatwa. He, too, has to move frequently because his life, you know, is in jeopardy. This is the cost in speaking of in defense of freedom. It's, it's enormous. And... To your point, the media is the enemy. The media is the, is the largest weapon our enemies of freedom have in their arsenal. They smear, defame, and libel and destroy pe- people that fight this fight. In Muslim countries, if you violate the Sharia, if you violate the blasphemy laws, they assassinate you. They execute you. Here in the West, the media... They, they assassinate your, your character. They execute your good name. They murder your good name. They drag your name through the mud because they won't have you on to debate. They won't because you will win in the war of ideas. What they will do is they will make you into a monster. Because once you are a monster, no one is going to listen to what you have to say. No one is going to say, what is the message of the monster? The idea that they, they try and call me a Nazi. I'm a Jewish girl, okay, whose, whose grandparents fled anti-Semitism in Europe and in Russia. So this is a, just a disgusting blood libel. But they will say anything. They're never challenged. I mean, ABC doesn't challenge CBS, and CBS doesn't challenge CNN, and CNN doesn't challenge, you know, CNN or MSNBC. It is this huge media cartel and they are not a news gathering organization they are a radical activist organ who seeks to impose their agenda on freedom loving peoples I can't disagree with you on anything no but most important of all <laughs> one and any debate and James knows me and he knows me very well I don't beat around the bush as far as Islam is concerned, as far as Sharia is concerned, every single Muslim on earth is the mortal and eternal enemy of every single non-Muslim on earth. What I'm getting at is Ummah Muhammad is 20% of humanity. The 80% non-Muslim humanity, I call them Ummah al-Kuffar, that means the nation of infidels. So what do we have? We have 20% of humanity Muslim. The least productive, least inventive, least creative in human history are threatening the destruction of Ummah al-Kuffar, 80% of humanity, the most productive, most inventive, most creative, and most powerful in human history. And our leaders are running like a chicken without a head. It is amazing. It is disturbing. But this is exactly what's happening. It's frightening, and uh, you know, and that's exactly what the jihadists want. They want to separate our political leaders from their head, and they're doing the job for them. I mean, look, this is really why I wrote the book, because uh, I was your average, ordinary American. I had assumed my freedom. You know, I never questioned it, I, I, uh, I, I, and 9-11 was, shook me. I mean, I just, I thought, I was living in a post-historical mindset. The good cop was on the beat. Good had defeated evil in World War II. And I didn't realize that my freedom could ever be in jeopardy. 9-11 brought that home as a New Yorker. I mean, the attack on the World Trade Center. I mean, this was, these were, this was the financial capital of, of, of the world. And the World Trade Center had its own zip code. 
There are 50,000 people there at any time during the day. And hitting the Pentagon on military super, the military headquarters of, of, of the most powerful nation on Earth, and then the plane with the first American reaction where they took over the plane from the jihadis, Flight 93, um, which they went into a field so that it was targeting either the White House or the Capitol building. I mean, how many Americans have read the last letters of the, of the Muslim terrorists, of the hijackers? How many Americans know that Allah is cited over 90 times in those letters? How many, how many Americans know that those letters are as close to a religious document as anything I've seen, citing Hadith, citing Quran, chapter and verse, this is something that is scrubbed and whitewashed and censored by the media. And even so, 31,000-plus deadly Islamic attacks later, they're still censoring and they're still scrubbing. And it's, you know, deeply, deeply disturbing. But the fact is, this is not going away. It's getting worse. It's why I wrote this book at great personal cost. And I'll tell you something, Mr. Rizzuli, I would really love if you ever want to write anything if you ever have an article you would like to run on my website i really have an enormous circulation on my website geller report and i have millions my page is over a million on facebook and then my groups on facebook and a quarter of a million on twitter i would be happy to run your work i mean i you, you the work that you do is a great personal risk and the um the teachings the hadith what you said about the house of kufar i mean that's that's dead on i mean it's brilliant and um i would love for my readers to to to, uh, to to learn more in in what you're saying very powerful stuff if you how do i send it to you on what you go you go to pamela geller you go to pa pamela geller p-a-m-e-l-a-g-e-l-l-e-r it's one word at gmail.com just like that and in the in the I'll subject line say I'll yeah say it's iq Rasuli. yeah it would be it would be an important you know contribution. Hugh Fitzgerald writes for me. Of course, Robert Spencer writes for the site as well. And it's a very important resource because, it's, as you said, it's only a handful of us that are doing this work because they destroy you. You know, when I first got into this yes. after nine eleven, there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people doing this work, and I said about I felt guilty. I didn't know who had attacked the country, and then when I found out, I felt guilty that I didn't understand the ideology. So I read the Quran, and then I read, you know, Daniel Pipes, but I rejected Pipes because he keeps talking about moderate Islam, and it's just a fantasy. It's, it's just a Disneyland. It's just not true. And I, I read Ibn Warwick, who was, was, you know, was a Muslim who grew up in Pakistan, educated in the U.K., and, you know, really took on Edward Said. I mean, he's really, to me, a brilliant, a brilliant scholar on Islam. And then I read Abacheyor and, 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 of course, Wafa Sultan, who's now a friend. And, you know, I came to this, I, it, was a whole, it was a journey. It was a journey to get to this point. And, of course, the, every step of the way, they beat you down. They beat you. They try to silence you. They try to say that you're a, a hater or a racist, even though Islam is not a race. This is part of the lie. This is part of the big deception. Um, but it does shut people up. It does work on people that really have um, a thin skin. You have to be a very strong person to stand up to this withering, relentless, unending, vicious uh, smear machine that is wildly funded by, like, you know, CARE gets tens of millions of dollars from foreign countries, the Council of Islamic Relations. This Council of Islamic Relations was American Islamic Relations. They are funded 
by Saudi Arabia. They were indicted. They were named as unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terrorist funding trial in our nation's history. And still, the media cites them like their Mother Teresa. Uh, the most remarkable thing is, I have said it many times on many radio talk shows, especially on James. I need 15 minutes uninterrupted with Hannity. I promise you I can yes. change history. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> because the way to destroy Islam, with all your respect, is not war. You know that. The yes. way to destroy Islam is to yes. discredit Muhammad as a prophet and the alleged divine origin of his Quran. I can do that in less than fifteen minutes. Sounds I understand, but you know, it's, it, 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 they really don't have us on. Mr. Rizzoli, they, they really don't have us on. I mean, when was the last time I was on, or Robert was on, or Ayan was on, yep. or Wafa was on? Or did you ever see Ibn Warwick on? Ever? I mean, they don't have us on. Don't don't you see? This is part of the this is part of the blackout. I mean, even on Fox, which is better, they are definitely better because the other news outlets are the worst. I mean, the bar is so low. I mean, it's a bottomless pit. But if Fox is only marginally better on this issue. I mean, for every, you know, Shepard Smith thinks Islam is gorgeous and lovely, and there's plenty of people on that, that, that channel that are horrible. Um, so it's, it's a difficult thing. It's a, diff- it's a very, very difficult. This is why social media is so important to us and why, you know, after Trump was elected, the left blamed websites like mine and blamed the, the, the apparatus that I used to get my message out, which is social media. So on Facebook, they, they blocked my news feed. Google AdSense, I used to run Google Ads on my site. I have been, my account was terminated. They said my site was, quote, dangerous and derogatory. YouTube, after 12 years, deleted my channel over a video that was 10 years old. It was okay for 10 years, and then suddenly a month ago it wasn't okay. It was a Palestinian video. They terminated my channel. Pinterest. Silly Pinterest, the housewives social media platform, <laughs> you know, made it, yeah, you cannot share my links. It's quote-unquote inappropriate content. That is amazing. This is what's going on. It's very, very scary. I mean, listen, social media giants are run by uniformly leftist corporate managers, which yes. is why I'm suing the U.S. government, the Department of Justice, to remove the protection to remove the immunity that social media giants enjoy under Section 230 of the FEC Code. Once we can get that immunity lifted, we can sue because they're seeking to impose their, their autocratic agenda on us. Now, look, I'm a free market. You know, I'm a free market person. I'm a capitalist. I don't like using antitrust laws. But in today's day and age, your IP address is like your phone number was in the 20th century. It's your way of communicating. Yes. And, you know, they broke up Ma Bell. You know, AT&T was once the only telephone company in this country. They broke it up. They they have to break this up, too, because Facebook is spying on me and telling me what I can and cannot say to people that I correspond with. They're blocking those people. They're banning those people. They're putting those people in Facebook jail. It's got to stop. And all the while, they're allowing this vicious, you know, incitement to jihad, incitement to Islamic Jew hatred. They're allowing these ISIS groups 
to stay on while my people, my followers, uh, my readers are being, you know, banned over and over and over again until they're banned for good. It's just outrageous. It's outrageous. And even on Twitter, they're shadow banning. You know, they're shadow banning my Twitter feed from my quarter of a million followers. It's just outrageous. It really needs legislation, and it needs it sooner than later. And Trump has to stop trying to play, play footsie with his enemies, and he's got to do what he said he was going to do and why he was elected by the base. Unfortunately, people who are elected, even Trump, Although he's trying to drain the swamp, somehow the swamp tries to drain them. Yes. Yeah. He promised a lot of things. I agree with you. He should have removed care completely out of the picture in the United States of America. Every single Muslim, by definition, I repeat it, has to be a traitor to the American Constitution and to the American people for one simple reason. They are prohibited by Quran. And it is in chapter and verse in the Quran that any Muslim can be obedient to any law which is not Sharia or can be loyal to any people who are not Muslims. It's prohibited. When I say these things again, as you said, they call me a racist and of course Islam is not a race and bigot. We are not against Islam. Why? Because we are only revealing the truth about Islam. If we were against Islam, we would tell lies about them. Those who talk against Jews, they tell lies against Jews. They have never, ever told the truth about Jews. Something else I would like to share with you. We don't have in the 21st century anymore anti-Semitism. Why? There are tens of millions of Arabs who are Semites outside the land of the Muslims and outside the land of Arabia. Let's call it the way it has always been. Anti-Jews. Hitler always ranted, Juden, Juden, Juden. He never, ever used uh, Semitism, ever. Even in Mein Kampf. He changed it later on because when he was meeting with the, uh, uh, Husseini, the Mufti of Jerusalem, who's an Arab, a Semite. So automatically we should always use the word anti-Jew. There is no such thing as anti-Semitism. And the people Agreed. who hate Jews in Europe more than the Europeans are Muslims and Arabs. Yes. Yes. Kaiba, Kaiba, Yahud, Sheikh Mohammed, Yahud. Exactly. Yahud. 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 It's always Yahud. It's always Yudin, Yudin, Yudin. So don't, you know, a, a, a lot of people, especially Jews, they use anti Semitism. It's anti-Semitism finished after World War II. It's finished. Because Europe now is flooded by Arabs, by Muslims, who are anti-Jews. By the way, they're not only anti-Jews. I said it. They're anti-Christians, anti-Hindus, anti-Buddhists, anti-anybody who is not a Muslim. Must call it immediately the way it is. I don't beat around the bush. I don't waste time. I go for the jugular. Very simple. Yeah, you go for, you, listen, you go for the truth. You go for the truth, and, you know, this is, yeah. Yeah, sorry, no, no, no. And the, tr the, the thing is, the truth is slanderous under Islam. You see, you know, in Western law, slander has to be untrue. Slander has to be a lie. But 
the truth is slanderous against Islam, even if it's true, and because whether it's true or not, it's still punishable by death. In Islam, Muslims do not debate. If you watch every single video uh, in memory, M-E-M-R-I, they have a huge uh, resource of videos of Arabs and Muslims debating each other. They don't debate. Muslims either sh shout you down or shoot you down. The reason is simple. How can they defend an indefensible position? They can't. It's impossible. So they have absolutely no choice but to resort, resort to violence. I have challenged care. I have one and a half million dollars worth of challenges on the Internet. I've had them for 12 years. James knows about them. All my talk shows know about them. It's not a gimmick. Nobody in history, you can double check me, nobody in history of print or publishing has ever backed up his or her work with financial rewards. Twelve years later, I haven't lost a dime. Why? Because I cannot. There is no human being on planet Earth who can debate IQ or Rasuli on Islam and wills. It's impossible. I deal with, with the verses of the Quran and the verses of the Hadith. So how can I be found to be guilty of anything wrong? Impossible. I have, by the way, I have challenged care. I have challenged Isna to send somebody to debate me in any talk show. Or if I'm coming to the United States of America on a TV show live, I'll come to America. I don't mind showing myself then. By the way, the reason I don't show myself in Europe, if you were in Europe, you'd be dead by now. I agree. I have no protection. None. I agree. I understand. Amazing. It is amazing. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for having me on. I hope that your listeners will buy the book Fatwa to be an American and yes. live under death threat because you tell the truth about the most extreme and barbaric ideology on the face of the earth makes you a target. And, you know, I don't have to tell you, IQ, the, the, the fatwa has no expiration date. It is, goes forever. Just like with Hebdo, they had issued that fatwa well over 18 months uh, before, and they got